2: Back then, yeah, I'd gotten the Broadway show, but I was in the ensemble and swinging for other characters. And a couple shows after that, I was always part of the ensemble, but would be featured a little bit, you know? And I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder if I'll ever actually be a character. (laughs) Because as much as, you know, everything is colorblind, it's different. It's different for performers of color and it's gotten a lot better. And there's so much amazing things happening. And it's really cool to see But I still think there can be more, and not just quantity, but quality. Like, just because you have an Asian person in your show doesn't mean that it's automatically diverse, because it's like, what are you doing with that character? But it's gotten a lot better. The industry is changing slowly but surely, but I think there's still a long way to go. My name is Alice Lee, and I'm a modern minority.
1: Welcome to Modern Minorities. This is a show about all of you, for all of us. Today, we're talking to Alice Lee, an actress, singer, and songwriter, and the star of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Alice plays Emily Kang on the show, which recently just aired an episode about Emily experiencing postpartum depression.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We're, we're cutting this episode in. Our month of Ramadan episodes because as our show's kind of getting a little bit more notoriety, the folks at NBC reached out to us and were like, "Hey, this episode just dropped." And Zoe's extraordinary playlist spoiler alert: it's a show where the characters break into song. It's so awesome.
1: It's kind of like the grown-up version of Glee. It's it's really fun. <laughs> That's I what I exactly what my
0: wife said. Yeah, but Alice plays a character Emily, who while the character is not written Asian, she is Asian mm-hmm. and in this episode, it, it touches on a lot of things in mental health, not just postpartum depression, which is a thing. And it's a, a conversation that we need to be surfacing more. But even like the perspective, Sharon, I felt like mental health in the Asian community, like yeah. it's not something in America, we don't talk about it enough. But I feel like it's this taboo topic among Asian people. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Definitely. I definitely feel that way. Even to the point where as open and woke, I hate that word, as as I feel like I am, I find myself sometimes being very surprised by how mainstream America is so open about their own mental health struggles. Like It's just not something that I grew up with. And so in some ways that's been really foreign. And I think what's interesting about Emily's character in this episode is she's clearly going through some stuff and her response to that is to hide it. And By hiding it, she ends up doing all these other things. And and I felt like I personally could relate to a lot of that of just like, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. You know, like I'm going to still keep working like a dog and I'm still going to, she was doing all these other like total, these are total (laughs) spoilers. Cooking it like midnight, Yeah. yeah. Making like a seven layer cake for no reason and just kind of doing all these things to distract herself from really feeling and exploring what she was going through, but even more preventing herself from then even acknowledging that she needed help and i think that that on its own is is very it's a really important topic that we don't we don't tend to talk enough about and i think a lot of us not just in the asian community but just a lot of us right now are going through pretty deep emotions about the state of the world and maybe not always having the tools or even having the awareness to realize that maybe they do need to seek some additional support so having her today was really was not just so much fun because she is so much fun, but it. I think it's really helping us to bring to light a big issue within the Asian community and also within communities of color.
0: Yeah, it was really fun to peel back the onion and take the conversation in a lot of fun places. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with our new friend, Alice. Alice, welcome to the pod. It's so great to have you here.
2: Thank it's, you so much for having me. It
1: is so great. So, so great to have you, Alice. <laughs>
0: So, Alice, you're kind of infamous, but I guess the first question I want to ask, and I'm going to throw you off a little bit, but <laughs> have you ever been asked, where are you from? Uh, of <laughs> and- course. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, how does that play out?
2: Oh, God. Of course. It's funny. Like, I feel like when I was younger, I used to <clears throat> just say Chicago, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, where, where are you really from? And I'm like, Korea. But like now... I feel like when people ask me, where are you from? I say, do you mean what's my ethnicity? Or do you mean, you know, like, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Do you mean where am I, where was I born or like my race? Please it's,
0: clarify. Yeah, right? and, and
2: it's okay. Like, I don't mind, but like, don't ask it like that. But it always is triggering. <laughs> yeah. It never,
0: it never gets old, right? I'm not, no. I, I never gets I never get used to it. And yeah.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I feel like it never... You, you think it's 2021, like I'm sure people will stop asking these questions or saying these things, but you're I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh, well, happened again. <laughs> feels like it let's, never ends.
0: Let's play the game. It's like a game <laughs> show every single time.
2: Yeah, but you're right. You never get used to it. That's for sure.
0: So what was it like growing up in the suburbs of Chicago?
2: I honestly had a great childhood, I feel like. I grew up actually around a lot of Korean people. Just there were a lot of Koreans in the suburb uh, mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm. lived in. And I grew up in church, like in praise band and stuff. Uh, you, were, you,
1: were, you were deep into that.
2: <laughs> I was actually. Like I was in like youth group. We went on retreats. It was a whole thing. Wow. Now, I I, I
0: asked a dumb question. So growing up in Alabama, there was an Indian community and we had like temple. Like we'd rent right, out a church right. and go do temple. But yeah, I, and I to this i should know this cuz i'm an old man now but like why is that did koreans get into christianity in korea or when they came here how does that work <laughs> cuz i was like I mean, well wow, there's right. a baptist church and there's the yeah. korean baptist church
2: and you're so right like it was in the korean community and i was like i went to like a pres- presbyterian church and it was yeah. like korean i'm sure it was colonialism like in korea when christianity came over and then those people believed in it and then they moved to other places right like I feel like that's probably what happened. And, and yeah, yeah, right?
1: It sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, that sounds like, that's why. Yeah,
2: and I'm sure people converted <laughs> while they were over here too, but yeah. I just feel like, yeah.
0: What did mom and dad want you to be when you grew up?
2: For me, my parents were so chill and they still are. They really just let me do my thing, <laughs> which I feel like basically I grew up with complete opposite of what the trope of an East Asian parent would yeah. be. Like my parents were... I just studied on my own. Like my parents will laugh. My dad's like, we never actually like made you do any of these things. They gave me a lot of opportunities. Like I, I took piano lessons, guitar lessons, ice skating lessons, swimming lessons, but they let me see what's choose. Fixed. Yeah. And wow. like, if I was over one thing, they're like, okay, like that's not your thing. And I think giving me that freedom and really trusting me, like, I don't think I ever rebelled in high school. Like I was just like, I'm. I'll be home later. Like, but I also wasn't doing anything bad, quote unquote. Bad. Eventually, when I went to college, I got lit. But, <laughs> um, but in high school and stuff, I don't know. I just never and I'm always you, really so grateful. So you were I'm, just the
1: perfect child. No,
2: I was not the it's perfect that, child. It's all that
1: time at
0: church and like the, in
2: the
1: praise
0: group and the
2: maybe group. Maybe what though? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's um, so interesting because my own parents wanted right. me to be a doctor, of course. Right. I think I feel like so many of us grew up with those types of expectations yeah. and and it's, it's refreshing to hear that for you. Yeah. It I was, mean, I definitely
2: you, had those thoughts. Like, just because of the people I was surrounded with too, like Korean other Korean parents. So I think that was still in my brain, like doctor, lawyer, like- I think that that would
0: have been rebelling for you. You going to med school, that would have been rebelling. that
2: would actually have been (laughs) rebelling. But yeah, my parents were so supportive. I don't think they ever were like, you should do this. But I think obviously all parents worry. And I think once they realized, oh, like she can actually, she's actually doing this acting thing and like singing Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm, And like, mm -hmm. she's like making a career out of it. I I think they were- more at peace like people are like okay not so worried
1: well how did that start like did it start in school where you were in in some plays or how did your love for acting and how did your exposure to acting start
2: yeah, so my dad is a singer and like performer and we oh. used to do karaoke all the time. We're very, Is that a Korean thing as well? I think it is. Like we What's love What's your go-to karaoke. song? What's your go-to song? I don't I don't have one. Well, I have like Korean ones that I always sing like <laughs> with my parents <laughs> and their friends. Yes, like oldies. But yeah, we just used to go to karaoke all the time. My parents also have a karaoke machine in their home because we're like that. Standard issues. Standard yeah. issues. Yes,
1: of course yes, they exactly. do.
2: <laughs> so that my dad was very artistic. I think my dad's side was always artistic. So obviously, since I was little, little, like I was performing and doing all the school plays and musicals. So yeah, I was in acapella groups in high school, college, and then professionally. Though it was my freshman year of college that I got a Broadway show, and so I started my journey there.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, that's also probably why they were never worried about you. It was like, "Hey, mom, dad, I got my first acting gig. It's on a Broadway show." I guess, yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: I was, I was even shocked. I was like, "Apparently, I told them, I called them, and I was like, and 'And they're going to pay me.'" Oh like, my That was goodness. like one of the last things I said. I was like, "Yeah," no, no, no. I just, I was nineteen. I was just like, "I'm going to go." What? Um, yeah.
0: You're ruining it for Asian kids everywhere. You now. are. Oh no! You are. Wait,
1: You're why? ruining it for
2: How? Asian
0: parents everywhere. They're like, "Wait, why?" Well, no, it's like the uh, the stereotypes of like, and, and right. I say ruining it like blown, no, no, no I know, like, I totally know. I know. It's like mom, look at Alice, look what she did. Yeah. I can do that too. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to be,
1: I want to be Alice Lee one day. Mom, look, she's on TV. And like, yes. what's the mom going to say? Well, okay, honey. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, but nowadays it's like, yeah, you can. They should. You can well, so, totally do it. So
0: Alice, when you guys reached out about this, obviously we know the show you got on Hulu, but. I did I did my quick IMDb search. I was like, but where else? And I did not realize you were in Heather's The Musical. And that was one of my favorite films growing up. Did you watch oh, that as a kid?
2: No, I actually hadn't watched it until I got the musical, but I loved it. I couldn't yeah, believe I hadn't seen it. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny. One of our past guests, this writer, Mira Jacob, she she was like, Yeah, my mom totally like took me to it. I was like, Your mom is the coolest person.
2: Ever. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is a cool mom. That movie's yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. So how did that, like, when that happened, where you're like, okay, it's always got to be something that has a musical angle to it. Because, like, it's not just acting. You, you are a performer. You are a singer. So is that your jam? Is that what you would just always want to find projects? Because, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The show that Emily's on, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, there's a lot of singing.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes.
2: Heather's was amazing. That was like my last show I did in New York before I moved to LA. And But I I don't think, I think it just happens that way. Like Zoe's, I think just because I do love doing all three things, like singing, Mm -hmm. acting, and dancing. Like, Mm -hmm. I think naturally those projects and I were like drawn to each other. But I'm also very into separating the two. Like, I also like do music, like, but pop so just very in that zone and then just acting on i don't know i would love to do it all like that's honestly the dream isn't it so <laughs> the egot. Yeah, yeah yeah i yeah just acting singing dan- i love it i love it all how would you say you're
0: similar or different from that girl in the suburbs of chicago
2: oh man at the end of the day she's i'm the same person i think it is wild when I think about like where I am now. I definitely don't think younger Alice would have imagined it. I just really didn't think. Now it's it's like, not to say I'm used to it, but now this is my life and filming things and like being on set. Sometimes I'll like be on set and be like, wait, I'm actually on a set. Like that's even something that I didn't even, even imagine. And so I hope that she, uh, yeah, I think, Obviously, though, I've grown a lot. I feel like I've learned a lot more about myself, which I'm so grateful for, even though some of the lessons are painful. And I just feel like I'm coming out of my skin, which is uncomfortable, but it's good.
1: What do you mean by that? That's interesting.
2: Yeah, I just feel like... You know, I just feel like things I didn't know about myself even before... Where where you just feel like you've grown and Mm-hmm. things I hadn't even thought about or just coming well, to terms with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys go. Try yeah. I was going to yeah. say,
0: what was, what was one of those moments when you were a kid where it's, we all have like these like moments, like if you look back on your life and there's forks in the road and, and there's the stuff about work and college and friends, but like, were there any of like pivotal moments from those early years that had you set foot on a different path, you wouldn't be sitting where you are today?
2: When I auditioned for the show that I did, that changed the trajectory of my life, I feel like, because once I got that Broadway show, that's how I got an agent, and then it's like the rest is history, but if I didn't do that or didn't go for that, because I went on the website of the show, like, because I loved it so much, it was Spring Mm -hmm. Awakening, for those of you who don't know, Mm -hmm. and I loved the show so much, so I went on the website with my friend, and they were like, oh, they're having open calls, so we went to the open call in New York and I remember i just like waiting in line and the stars aligned, and I got the show. And so I just remember like, yeah, like that, if that hadn't happened, I was studying music business at NYU. I don't know. Maybe I would have still found find my found my way to performing, but it definitely wasn't the plan. So yeah, it's crazy how life works. Like it just... Yeah, it fucking happened.
0: <laughs> what, what did you think was going to – like, when you were still at NYU, what did you think the next bef- – before that moment, before you went to the, you know, open audition and got the part, as you projected out the next five years back then, what did you think life was going to be?
2: Right. I think I – I'm sure, like, well, I just come to college, so I think I was fully just immersed in, like, this new experience, this new city, and I think I was definitely – living in the moment more than maybe, but probably I was trying to figure out in what field of the music industry I wanted to get into, like in the business standpoint, that was my major. So I think I was thinking, Oh, do I want to, you know, be in a r or do I want to be in mu- music publishing or, which oh, is so strange wow. to think about. You yeah. Were,
1: you were thinking like corporate music. See, this whole thing. I was, I was still thinking music like performer, but.
2: I mean, I think I still would have wanted to do that, but I, I didn't think I knew how back then. Right. I don't think I knew. So I was just thinking business, like, uh, I guess. <laughs> you
1: you have a fairy tale journey. It's like. It's like wild. Pure talent, maybe a little bit of luck, but hard work, being in the right place at the right time. Right. Showing up and getting cast in a Broadway show on your first go, like I don't know if that, that happens so to anybody.
2: Much, that sounds so much cooler <laughs> the way you said it.
1: <laughs> Sharon, I'll
2: write
0: your LinkedIn profile. I will, yes! I will. I'll, I'll write seriously, your bio for you.
2: Seriously, though.
1: <laughs> but I want to. I want to okay. go there with you because that's what yeah, that's what we talk about on the show. How how many times have you walked into rooms where that hasn't been the case because of a variety of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't look the part literally or because you weren't what they expected after just seeing your headshot.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say like 98% 98 of things um, is all no. And yeah, there's still times now where it says open ethnicity, but I'm like, I know you're not going to go open ethnicity. Yeah, And as an actor, you still got to take all those shots because you never know. But especially recently, you just keep reading stuff where it's like, oh, but, but I was right. (laughs) Like, but I fucking knew it. (laughs) So, but the industry is changing slowly, but surely, but it's gotten a lot better. But I think, I think there's still a long way to go. So,
0: (laughs) Well, I want to transition to the current show, your role as Emily on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. When, when you audition for that part, is she cast as an Asian character Or do you feel you bring Asian character to Emily's character? Like, how does that work? Or or not just from the, like, auditioning for the show, but the notes you get from the writers, etc. Like, because other than some of the nuances in the episode we want to talk about, I saw, I watched it and I saw some Asian stuff. And I turned to my wife. It's like, yeah,
2: this is, like,
0: how does that work?
2: Yeah, well... Some stuff and some roles, and they're specifically Asian or something like that, but at least for Emily, I don't think Austin had written it with an ethnicity like truly in mind. Um, I think it's actually inspired by his wife, and she's not Asian, but I had auditioned for another character on the show, and I guess he remembered me and Mm -hmm, was generous mm -hmm. enough to offer me the role. And so, yeah, I think once I had the role, I think, yeah, definitely Emily was shaped by me. (laughs) And part of me is that I'm Asian and I'm Korean and in the show as well, she's Korean. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it probably informed some of the art department, all of that stuff. Obviously, I have an Asian sister who comes in, which I think is so great to have two Asian women in one show. So yeah, and I think that's awesome.
0: Well, I want to ask about the the episode that came to our attention is on the episode that just dropped, it's, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but it's worth watching because it's about mental health Mm -hmm. and I think, and again, Sharon, please correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, I do think in the Asian American community, there's this in the American, the American community, this country that we live in, (laughs) there is a stigma about mental health, but I feel like it's really pronounced in the Asian community because I don't know about you guys, but like for my parents who were immigrants, it was all about assimilate and fit in.
1: Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and what, and it's such an underlying Asian thing to not share your weaknesses, right? Totally. So saving face is an actual term that we use or ke- keeping up with appearances. And mm-hmm. when it comes to mental health, which is invisible, like it's not something you can see outwardly. it becomes even more of a something that gets hidden often because people just don't – either they don't acknowledge it within themselves or their own families or it's certainly not something that most Asian families are are openly talking about.
2: Yeah. I feel like also because it's seen as a weakness for some reason. And I think there's also maybe it's a cultural thing where you don't want to burden people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel – It's like you just don't want them to – yeah, you don't want to be a burden and add to your family's whatever. So that combined with maybe shame. And I think it is hard for a lot of people in the Asian community because of that. And I don't think it should be that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, when- I feel like
0: your character on the show in this episode, and I hadn't seen it. I, we, My wife and I watched a bunch in the first season. But in this episode, came back. I was like, oh, wow, she's a mom now. And that was a big part of season one. <laughs> right. But- It was this idea of (laughs) I don't know if this was Emily being so Asian, but like she's like, I gotta do everything right. I gotta cook this, I gotta do that. And I was like, how much of that is the like Asian overachiever or the covering up the real issue that the episode starts to dig out that both Emily and Zoe uncover together as friends? Like,
2: I don't know, what's your take on that? Well, I guess it's also like who Emily is. I think her character was always that character like stoic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and very dry. And that's how I think like, she's just like a very strong woman. And I think because I'm Asian now it's like, you see it in that way almost. Yeah. Cause again, it was inspired by Austin's wife. Who's I think just Jewish. And, but she's also very, just like gets everything done. And is like, has her shit together, that thing. But because I'm Asian and I'm playing that character, it's interesting that now you would think, oh, is it because yeah, exactly. Asian? Right. So that's actually very interesting.
0: Chicken or the egg sort of stuff, which yeah, came
2: first. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually cool that that could be where that comes from as well. I actually didn't think about that. I'm sure that's partly to do with it. But you do meet her sister earlier in the season and she's very wild. She's like a freaking wild child. like <laughs> So obviously maybe Emily's just that type A person. It's just like her personality, I guess.
1: When you were kind of preparing for the episode itself were there specific things that crossed your mind and how you wanted to represent all of the emotions that she was going through because that is something as I was watching it I I felt it like I felt it deeply watching your responses to things so what were some like what were some of those moments as you were prepping for for how Emily would be expressing that
2: Right. I really appreciate you saying that because, yeah, I don't know. I really – I was definitely anxious just because, yeah, I'm not a mom and I wanted to make sure, yeah, I, like, did it right. And I think also, obviously, postpartum is different, but depression is also something that a lot of people go through and I've definitely been depressed before. So just thinking about that and then I guess as an actor, you're supposed to imagine, like, different scenarios and honestly just – I love babies and I love children and I want kids one day and just thinking about what it would be like for a mom like to have this child and like not be able to control or not feel like she's enough for the baby. Like, I just like thinking about that. It's like, oh, like I can't, like that sounds terrible. (laughs) And so I think it was not easy, but like I think I could understand and empathize, so.
0: Yeah, there's this like one line where And this was like the emotional gut punch of the episode for me. (laughs) And and I I promise I'm probably going to like get the line wrong, but it was like, (laughs) Emily tells Zoe, when I'm at work, I want to get back home. But when I get home, I want to get away.
2: Right. And right. Any
0: parent has felt that. Like yeah. I will like speak about my daughter to the point of tears about oh. how proud I am. Oh. But then when she's home, I'm like, "Honey, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. I gotta edit this podcast episode. Can you just go watch Octonauts? I'm sorry. That's amazing. that's <laughs> Yeah, Sharon, have, what's been your? Yes, I, I gotta same, ask because I asked my wife right after thing. the episode. Yeah, same like,
1: thing. And like that's and that's why I asked you that question, Alice, because. Hmm the there are so many nuances to being a parent especially in the beginning and mm. i because because you are asian and because you you're you're in a character that i was just like really associating with, with you the totally control. saw yourself as emily yeah when you were i'm like it, that that you, was me yes. i'm like i totally feel like i mm. she has embodied how i felt when i became a mom for the first Sharon, time your husband
0: oh. is better looking and than, than <laughs> alice's tv husband <laughs> no. i just want to lay that out there
2: <laughs> Andrew, Andrew's a very good-looking man.
0: Ah, uh, you have not seen Sharon's husband. Oh yes, well, my, I, I watched him,
2: but oh my god! I, I mean, now I have to. I see do Sharon's have a very good-looking.
1: I do Ooh. have a very good-looking husband who is also an actor, but he is yeah different, oh. different from Andrew in many ways. But okay. um, Let's just say, Andrew
0: doesn't have the tattoo game <laughs> that Sharon's husband has.
1: Ooh, <laughs> or love the ab it. game either. I'm really oh yeah. He's got, he's got some pretty Sharon. good abs. I know, I know. What? I like him hot. What, what am Ooh, yeah. I going to say? But. Being a mom, I think being an Asian woman Mm. is is complex in that motherhood, motherhood's a really big part of Mm. our culture, right? Having children, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really it's a huge part, whether it's overt or implicit. And identity as a woman goes through those phases of her life is also an interesting thing that changes because for myself anyway. I had no, I have, I have a great mom. I've got two siblings. We've always had a, we've got a great family life, but I had no idea what it was going to be like when I became a mother. I had some, mm-hmm. I had thoughts about it and dreams about it. And I, I, just like you, Alice, right. I always knew I was going to be a mom right, one day,
2: Right.
1: but when your body expands to be 40 pounds heavier Mm. and your breasts are like two sizes bigger. And then you push out a human being (laughs) from your private parts. (laughs) Is
0: is that, is that the show teaser right
2: there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. It's traumatic. It's like, it's physically traumatic, which then means that it's Therefore, like hormonally traumatic, chemically traumatic. And that's how we get into some of these mental and emotional health things, right? Like I remember, and I remember my midwife telling me this, she was like, you are going to feel amazing for the first 24 hours. And she's like, I'm telling you now on day three, you're going to experience something called the letdown. And that's like... Mm -hmm. Here I am getting really graphic, but that's like literally when like your, your breast milk comes in. And so a lot happens like in your body for, Mm -hmm. for that to be able to happen hormonally. Mm -hmm. And she had said, you might experience a low at that point. And I was like, okay. And this is like a couple moments after I've pushed out this amazing right. human oh being. God. So excited. Like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Right. This, this is great. I had and I I I, for, I fortunately had a great birth experience. So that was really empowering too. I was like, yeah, I did it. I did yeah. it my way. I did it without drugs, I did it right. without wow. all this stuff. And three days later, I don't know if it's because she seeded that idea in my mm. head. I felt this huge sense of. It wasn't depression, but it was it was like a low. It was just like a drop of everything. It was almost like a moment of suddenly everything just hurt and everything mm-hmm. was like oozing. Because literally you're just so many gross things happen Alice. <laughs> oh, we can talk God. about it when your time comes. I am but... I
0: am uh, so comfortable right now in this yeah. entire
1: conversation. Well, <laughs> Robin, Robin your wife has, you know, been through it once already.
2: <laughs> and um, soon will again.
1: And soon will again. But your body's just changing in so many yeah. ways and Oof. And I remember my husband came over to me, and he was like, "I just want to tell you, like, you've been doing this amazing job." And I just started bawling. And he was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" Like he was just like, "What?" Like, like literally, he's like, "Control Z, Control Z." (laughs) And I was just like, "I don't, I don't know." I was literally crying through my tears, and I was like, "I don't know what's happening right (sighs) now." And it wasn't it wasn't depression, but it was just like this uncontrollable wave of tears just coming and and like. It was a moment of like, I understood what a lot of women probably experience Ah. who have experienced postpartum depression, because it was like in that moment, I wasn't even, I just didn't feel like I knew how I was supposed to feel. I felt so disconnected from my body at that moment. I just felt so disconnected about all the shoulds. And like, I think we had family that was about to come over. So there was just, there was also a lot of that happening of just like having to maintain a certain facade
2: yeah yeah, totally
1: in those moments and and i just i in in that episode i i felt like you did such a great job of of tapping into that in a really deep way and also tapping into what seemed to be the like like this image that she like that she absolutely had to portray even in front of her husband who should be 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 the closest and the most intimate person for her at that moment
2: right like having a baby it's just like it makes sense that your body like that's like one of the biggest things like your bo- you were literally just made a human being in your body and like released it to the world. Like yeah. Uh, it's it's like so big that it almost makes sense that like we our bodies would be like what the f- what was that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's so beautiful and worth it, I'm sure, but like yeah, uh, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> did this
0: did this did this like character arc make you want it more or less
2: honestly I still feel the same like yeah I want I I really truly do believe it's worth like I think like I don't know (laughs) I'm just like I know that love is probably out of this world and I just want to experience it and I think it's all worth it and that's why women everywhere and dads like women and men like why they keep having children it's like It's worth it. Like there's
0: every once in a while it's okay. Here's what I'd say. Every once in a while it's okay to (laughs) to be like, I I made this joke to my my wife the other day. It's like my daughter somehow gets up. Well we have to drag her out of bed to get her to school in the morning. But on the weekends or on holidays, she's up at six. and, And she's like in her room being like, Can someone bring me a book? And I'm like, honey, and I'm just to my wife. I'm like, how do you feel about adoption? There are moments, I guess is what I would tell you.
2: (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: But it's funny. There was another line in the show, and this is like kudos to your writers. There was a moment where your character said, I can't bother my husband with this. He just got over checking if our son is still breathing. And I think that's a dad thing because it's like for the first six months, like I I still to this day, like go to my daughter's room after she's gone to bed and just check because I'm like. Is she okay? Like is is this thing still work? <laughs> like right. has playing the role of a mother changed how you think about your parents?
2: Hmm. I think in general, like I have had moments just where I think about that. I don't think actually doing this role made me think about it anymore, but I have just thought about what my parents have gone through, you know, and like what they've sacrificed and like because obviously as an actor I'm playing a mom, so I'm not actually changing any diapers or I'm not actually like I have to hold the babies, which is even that in itself. That like, would be
0: great if, like, oh you could my do God. that. Like, you just hand it over. Okay, done holding for the scene. No, <laughs> the but genuinely.
2: No, yeah. we, no, no, no. that's that's what happened. <laughs> like, there, the mom is there, and then there's also, like, a nurse, like, who, who's there for the babies. And then after I'm done in the scene, like, the mom comes and takes the baby. Like, and also it was COVID, so we're just trying to be safe at all times. But it is wild because even holding that baby just for these scenes... I was like, my arm is tired. (laughs) Like, I was like, damn, like, I don't know how moms are just always like, I was like, this is crazy. And I'm literally only holding him for like 15 minutes at a time. So once again, kudos to moms everywhere. (laughs)
1: Was the baby um, actually like weighted like a real baby, or is it like no, a doll? So
2: yeah, we did have a fake one, like a silicone baby. That was mm. very heavy, almost heavier than the actual baby, um, the real baby. But I loved the babies. The real ones were so cute. What's Go funny, chill.
0: ironic about this whole conversation, I feel like, Sharon, you and I are the minorities being explained right now. So the people <laughs> who don't have babies are the majority. <laughs> right, that's funny. You're well, like, maybe yeah, not. It, it felt heavy. Right. Man. <laughs>
2: that's yeah yeah no i couldn't believe it i was like wow like they're so heavy <laughs>
0: <laughs> my wife so the other day my daughter dropped something and my wife was like i can't pick it up honey because uh, she my wife is pregnant it, people don't already know that by now but and she turns to me and she's like dude, it's like I've got a bowling ball strapped to me. So like, get with the picture. Yes. You got to pick up shit.
2: Oh my God. When in the first season I had to wear like a belly, like a silicone belly. Mm, yeah. And yeah, even that was heavy back um,
1: aches swollen ankles all of it right
2: right yeah i, I had all of those <laughs> no just kidding but yeah that it's was called wild. it's called
0: method acting you do it yeah yeah yeah, did, yeah, yeah. You know? i was like, like
2: just... swelling him up on purpose somehow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but it was because i've never played a mom before so it was pretty wild but yeah i always appreciate my parents so that never changes
1: do they brag about you know to their friends yeah stuff? what do they, what do they think about yeah. the show? Yeah. And yeah, the they, character.
2: Yeah, I always say my mom is my publicist in Northbrook, which is sure. where we live. <laughs> I'm like, "Mom, you're my manager, you're my publicist." Um- She's
0: literally gotten like 100 like Hulu subscriptions signed up.
2: Yeah, no. And like she always tells her friends like what I'm in and it's just so sweet. And also a couple of years ago, I did a singing reality show in LA.
1: And, oh, nice.
2: Yeah. And it was, it was called Rising Star. It was on for one season, but on the show, like my parents got to come on it just like as my parents and they came and sat and like, so they were on TV and like, that was, I remember like a huge thing. And I was like, this experience was all worth it just for that. Cause they had such a good time and like got to get dolled up and they were on TV and like in their town, it's like yeah, like not everyone gets to go on TV. It's a like, yeah. And so that's really sweet. And they're my biggest cheerleaders. Like, I love them so much. They're the best. They're my best friends. So,
1: <laughs> when you go back home are you like the local celebrity? Do they roll out all the red carpets for you and
2: <laughs> no. no, it is crazy though cuz it's like there is a part of you that's like you are still rep in something. You're right. still rep in a group or like but it's cool. Like I'm so proud to like be from Every community I'm from, Northbrook, Korean, Asian community. And it's just really nice to feel the love. And I want to make them proud and prouder and just keep going and represent for everyone out there. And not even with that pressure of like, oh, I'm going to be the person to represent. Just like, we just always need to see more of us. So If you're going to do it, do it well, right? Yeah. And it's like, why not? Like, why not me? Or why not you? I always say like, everyone's at the end of the day, human being like, no one has superpowers so anyone you see who's doing something amazing that you think is amazing like that can be you cuz everyone's just human yeah <laughs> you know
1: yeah what are what are you most looking forward to when when we think about representation because as someone who's just an observer like i'm just watching right i'm right. watching you on the screen but i'm also right. watching mulan Becoming right. a sensation. I'm also watching Raya, the last dragon, yeah. and Aquafina doing her yes, thing, and absolutely. and Minari being nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of really cool stuff. Oh, and then there's Bling Empire, which I'm obsessed with, by the way. You're supposed oh, to be I,
0: watching Warrior Sharon. Come
2: on. I know. We about I, this. And
1: I haven't even done that part yet. <laughs> I've, I've heard got to watch about Bling Empire. Warrior. Oh, you've got to watch it. Oh um, my gosh. Well, my
2: friend, I know Kevin. Oh, you do? Yes. <laughs> He's great. He's such a great guy.
1: You've got to make a cameo on their next season. Oh,
2: my God. Good idea.
1: But I'm sure when you started, even though you ended up with a Broadway musical so the <laughs> first on your first go, those types of roles and opportunities didn't always exist.
2: No, no. You're totally right. Because also back then, like, yeah, I'd gotten the Broadway show, but like I was in the ensemble and like I was swinging for other characters. And mm. I remember thinking like, and I think a couple shows after that, like a small ones, musical theater ones I did. I was, like, always part of the ensemble but, like, would be featured a little bit. And I remember thinking, like, oh, I wonder if I'll ever actually be a character. (laughs) Like, being like, wow. Because as much as everything is colorblind, it's different. It's different for people of color and performers of color. And, yeah. And it was, again, like I said, it's gotten a lot better. And there's so much amazing things happening. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see – and maybe I'm just greedy, but I'm like, but I still want more. Like, I still think there can be more. And also, not just not just quantity, but quality. Like, just because you have an Asian person in your show doesn't mean that it's automatically, like, diverse. Or, like, because it's like, what are you doing with that character? I think that's very important as well. Yeah, the, the um, nuance
0: is key because it's yeah, like, the nuance, as you said absolutely. earlier, she's not, she wasn't written as an Asian character. But why can't she be an Asian character? And why can't right. we bring some asian nuance to this character because it's you look at the screen and there's an asian woman on the screen so it's like you can be both i think it's okay to have space for both of those things to be true at the same time
2: absolutely
1: yeah well alice we've covered so so much are you ready for speed round
2: okay oh god i'm so bad at speed round i feel like I'm so bad at coming up with like things. (laughs) You know what?
1: Everyone is. Speed round usually takes the longest. So don't (laughs) don't worry about it.
2: Maybe it should be slow round or like medium paced round. Like
1: thoughtful. Medium (laughs) paced round. Thoughtful, well-formulated answer round. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing about you that no one expects?
2: (laughs) Oh, see, I already knew it was going to be hard. (laughs) One thing about me that no one expects. Oh, (laughs) that I smoke weed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I love weed but come on I in, to, in this day and age I have
1: to say I I didn't expected it but not as much as you love it
2: <laughs> <laughs> no people are always surprised they're always surprised I'm a stoner because nice. I think just because the way I look like I just look like this sweet little thing I don't know <laughs> yeah you're
1: you look like a sweet little Asian woman yes, like let's be I do.
2: exactly which I'm like also like and that's great, but like I'm also – there's all different types of us. But again, like we're not a model. Like some of us love weed and like I don't know. I'm just, so I have yeah. to
1: ask you this. Do mom and dad know? Now they do. You know what? They do. <laughs> but honestly,
2: they do. And I've smoked with my dad a couple times. Whoa. I know. That's and trust me. awesome. Yes. That's been on my bucket list. And so like when we first start – and he doesn't like smoke regularly, but like when I go home, we'll do like a little puff puff and like <laughs> – I'm just, I'm like, oh my God, this is a dream. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I told you my
1: parents were cool. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> that is super cool. They've just earned super cool status.
0: I know. <laughs> we want them on the show, really. This, this whole thing was a long con just to get your parents on the show. Right. right? <laughs> what is a book or a movie that has characters that you really relate to?
2: Ooh. Well, I love Pachinko. Have you guys read Pachinko?
0: I know that pachinko is a thing in Japan.
2: (laughs) It is. It's actually a book by um, this author, Minjin Lee. Okay. Uh, And they're actually making it into a TV series right now for Apple TV. But it takes place from like 1920s to the 50s in Korea and Japan. And it goes through like four generations of women. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And it's long, but obviously just seeing like a bunch of stories – about my ancestors mm-hmm. was just really neat. And I really wanted to be in that show, but everything <laughs> happens for a reason, you guys.
1: <laughs> well, just the fact that you said it out loud right now, like maybe maybe it's going to happen again. No,
2: later. no, 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 it won't. No? <laughs> I already auditioned for it. Yeah, yeah, they cast people. <laughs> and it's great. Like they cast people from Korea and stuff. No, I like, I wouldn't, I tape for it, but like I learned the sides in Korean. But that in itself was so fun because actually the accent was like a an accent where my dad was from
1: mm, and yeah. the side.
2: So like he helped me with my audition and like taught me like how to say some things. And like that was so awesome. The, the journey is more
0: important than the destination
2: yes, that
1: you yeah. got to exactly, do Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly,
2: exactly. So, so cool. But I'm so excited for the show. Like I'm stoked. I think it's going to be so good. So,
1: What's your favorite song to rock out to that you can relate to?
2: My favorite song to rock out to. I'm so bad with favorites. Favorites are hard. Or, like,
1: what's the last thing you can remember listening to? Yeah, like, that one's yeah. good.
2: That one's good. Yeah. Montero, Lil Nas X. Absolutely. <laughs> have you heard it? Yes. Call me by your name. Yes. yes. Have you seen it? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Like, we've all seen it, hey? We've um, all gone shoe shopping. <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, we have. But honestly, the song is so good. Like, there's a, like, yeah, I know the, the video is like, everyone's like talking about the video which is also great like fuck yeah but the song itself is so good and i'm just rocking out to it yeah so you get awesome. it lil Nas. That's, yeah that's yeah. a
0: good that's a good choice mm-hmm. what's your favorite mom dish
2: oh oh so many <laughs> definitely it's got to be some like korean dish that's what she cooks oh god it's probably like one of her stews like or Kimchi uh,
0: you got to tell me what that is. Cause that sounds amazing. So,
2: yeah. They're like stews. And you put like tofu in it, like vegetables and it's like broth. One is like soybean broth. Others with like kimchi. It's so, and yeah, we eat it with rice and like anything my mom makes really. Even yeah. her tuna sandwiches are better than any other tuna <laughs> sandwiches.
0: I don't know, man. The, them's fighting words. Just- Ooh,
2: you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, for me, for me, for me. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is your least favorite food?
2: Ooh, least favorite food. Hmm. I don't know if I have a least favorite, like something that like I. Just What's like veto
0: would... rights? Like if it shows up, you're at a dinner party, it shows up on your plate, and you're like, "Nah, I'm out. No, thank you."
2: Hmm. I'm pretty open. <laughs> I feel like I would try anything. Really.
1: There's got to be something like because of the text. yeah we're not ending this
0: podcast till we uncovered yeah. this this is the kernel <laughs> exactly this, this exactly. is this is, this is
1: the deepest truth right I'm here tra- you guys i'm trying
2: to think like what i would re- like, be like Oh, you know God, ever no.
1: yeah, yeah you ever like put anything in your mouth and you're like oh never again
2: <laughs> What well, what are your what are your give, give me an example easy, give- easy.
0: cantaloupe evil cantaloupe what? Evil. uh punjabi yellow curry Evil. Terrible. Durian. What? Yeah. Oh my god, man.
2: Okay, I've never tried durian, so I don't know that I would be like, blah. I've yeah, smelled no, don't, it.
1: it's just trash. It's trash. I
2: smelled it, and it wasn't nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like licorice. Like, just like, Bleh. Gross.
2: Yeah, I guess, yeah, licorice. I, I would also agree. But, like, if, if someone offered it to me at a dinner party, like... I'd be like, I'll try it. What dinner
0: parties do people offer no, licorice she, she's.
1: <laughs> you said this, at a dinner party. This yeah. is where I feel like it's the whole, the stereotype again. You're just being extra polite. Do you Alice. think? Yeah. I can't just pick up. You could a... be like, I freaking hate licorice. No thanks. But I don't, I
2: don't <laughs> but, I, but I don't hate it. But I, like, I don't hate it. I'm like, but you're right. I guess if it was there, I wouldn't eat it. So, okay. <laughs> other things okay. like that. But, but I'm bad at thinking of things, like on the we've spot. We've heard,
1: like, we've heard like, okra which i can understand because no i like okra right? i
2: think we've
0: disowned some guests because they don't like pizza or cheese yeah let's see right yeah
2: well that's just crazy i know, I know. right
1: like, that's seriously. what we say we're like what do you mean we've had people Then we like cut the mic well, we're so, like, done. okay
2: well well so okay i have one then i don't love olives okay like, i'll have black olives <laughs> i on love that
0: my... you framed that was like i don't love them
2: <laughs> i don't hate them either i like i like black olives on my pizza But that's pretty much it. Like, there's like olive bars, and people like eat olives like by themselves. I'm not about that life. Got it. Okay, there you go.
1: That's acceptable. (laughs) That's acceptable.
2: Yeah. Cool. 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 Nice. I did it. (laughs) You win. (laughs) Pachinko. Yay. Yay.
0: Who is someone out there that you would want to interview on a podcast?
2: Ooh, that's great. What do I want to interview? Maybe Sandra O.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think She'd I would be just be fun.
2: curious about her journey.
1: Have you run into her at all yet?
2: I haven't, but oh I'm gosh. waiting. I feel like
1: you guys should be going out to coffee all the time.
2: I know. I feel like we will one day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now that now that you've said it here, we're gonna yes. make this is gonna help to make it yes, happen. I'm friend of the pod,
0: Sandra. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yes, <laughs> exactly. Projecting.
1: Okay, last question, Alice. What does being a modern minority mean to you? Hmm.
2: Being a modern minority, I would say for me, is embracing the minority side of me, the Korean, the Asian side of me, while thriving in a society where that's not the norm or it's where you're perceived as different. But I think fully embracing who you are and being proud of that. And I always say I'm 100% Korean and 100% American. And I think it's that. I think it's mixing both not even mixing just like being both in their uh, entirety i think that's what my, being a modern minority is
1: i love that answer
2: good because <laughs> i don't even know
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying so hard. I'm like you can do this alice how do you you did it you did it alice thank you
0: thank you, you, thank you made your parents proud you
1: did good. you really did you really did Thank you so, so much. We had so much fun talking to you. you It was great to have you on the show. This was a
0: lot of fun.
2: Thank you so much, Alex. This was so fun. Thank you, guys.
1: And that's our show.
0: Like what you heard? Please subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform.
1: Now more than ever, people need to be hearing these stories. Please share our show with a friend or three.
0: Want to learn more or got something to share? Visit modmypod.com or email us hi mom at modmypod.com.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at modminpod. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Now here's a preview of our next episode.
2: I remember we
1: would drive around, listen to NPR. Whenever the word Muslim came up, I would be like, oh my gosh, they know about us. They know of our existence. They just mentioned Muslims. How cool. I had no idea what they were saying because I was nine. But then there was a period for years and years and years
0: where I heard the word Muslim, where I read it in an article every single day.
1: All of a sudden, it was such an us versus them kind of rhetoric being told. And I realized I was part of the them starting on September 12th, all the way through college. I was a poster child and I remember one girl came up to me asking questions about Ramadan and again I was 12 like I'm not a religious scholar I'm just trying to pass math class
0: that's it for now I've been Ramin Segel, and I'm still Sharon Lee Tony remember we're all modern minorities out there
1: we'll talk to you soon